factors. Well, and this is what I like to tell people when they ask me about the Farm Bureau. For your 40 to $50 a year membership, you get a full-time staff working for you, looking out for you, and uh, working on the issues that matter to you and your family. Welcome to the Louisiana Farm Bureau podcast. I'm Carl Wiggers, and today I actually have Avery Davidson joining me as the host. He will be interviewing Louisiana Farm Bureau President Jim Harper. In this episode, they discuss things like his sugarcane harvest that actually began on the day that we recorded this episode. They also discussed the latest drought assistance bill that Congresswoman Julia Letlow filed a couple of weeks ago and Louisiana Farm Bureau's work in that. So with that, I'm going to toss it to Avery Davidson to pick up the conversation with President of Louisiana Farm Bureau, Jim Harper. Well, Jim, here we are sitting on October 2nd of 2023, the first day of sugarcane harvest at your farm. Tell me a little bit about what you're expecting and how things went this growing season. Well, we are we're starting to harvest today on our farm. Probably in the next week, most mills will get started. Uh, this has been one of the toughest growing seasons in my memory. Uh, we are uh, expecting to crop to be reduced somewhat. It's hard to put a handle on it uh, in many areas. It'll be some reduction. Uh, You know, it won't be a disaster. In a few areas of the state, though, this drought has really affected the cane. Yeah, it's I was talking to some folks earlier this morning about sugar cane and the harvest and how yeah, on on the grand scale, it's not going to be a big impact to the sugar industry for Louisiana. But if your farm has a number of acres that were impacted by drought, that's a big deal for you. It it is. If if you are in one of the areas that had a severe drought and got no rain, it's it's going to be have a big inf- impact on your yield. Uh, statewide, we are. Looking at a reduced crop, it's hard to quantify what percentage it'll be, but uh, it it will not be a disaster for many parts of the state, but for some areas, it will be. Well, let's get back to, to your farm. You mentioned that this was one of the toughest growing seasons you've had. What what was hard about it? Well, we just uh, we started off with a with a warm spring. We got a late freeze that set the cane back. And then the weather was fairly good up until May, and it, it got dry. And the last really good rain we had was the last week of June. Uh, this last month, we did get about an inch and a half of rain scattered over three or four uh, different rains, and it did help the cane somewhat. But it was just so dry, and the heat we had uh, temperatures over 100 degrees for four weeks in a row. And uh, sugar cane just is hard for it to grow in that type of weather. Yeah, especially when it's dry. I know Dr. Ken Gravois has gone out to a lot of farms and taken a look at things. Um, and from what I understand, what he said is cane primarily does its growth in, in August. Right. But but we didn't have much rain in August, if any. Cane has what they call the grand growth period. Uh, it normally lasts about two months or two and a half months. And this year, it was just so dry, sugar cane just could not grow like it normally does. 
you talk, let's get back to your farm. I mean, fortunately, you got some of those rains, uh, especially end of June and then over the last month, about an inch and a yeah. half. What did you see happen on your farm whenever you would go out and, and check your fields? Well, the sugar cane is short, is shorter than normal. Uh, now, we have been checking the sugar the last month and testing it, and it looks like the sugar content is going to be fairly good. But it's it's the tonnage that we think is going to be down. Uh, I think we're looking at, a, at roughly a 20% reduction in yield, maybe a little more. It's just hard to tell at this point. And in essence, a 20% reduction in yield is a 20% reduction in paycheck as right. well. That's, That's exactly has... right. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a big impact. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, to relate it back to most people at home, imagine being cut 20% of your pay, but you still have that same house note. You still have your same electric bill and everything else. So you still have everything that you have to pay for. It costs the same, if not more, to get this cane out of the field this year. Right, it does. Uh, the only thing that may not quite be the cost, we won't probably be harvesting as many tons as we normally do. But as you know, the last two or three years, the cost on the farm has gone up at probably at least 20%. So 20% increase in cost, 20% reduction in yield. Uh, I'm not a great math guy. You and I talked early on uh, whenever you became president that you make sure everything pencils out. But my, my penciling math is that almost sounds like a 40% reduction in possible profit margin. Well, that's true. It could very well be that. It could be more on some in some instances in some parts of the state. We'll just have to see. Uh, there is uh, some cane. We don't know how much that may not be harvested this year. We'll just have to see how that works out. And that I, I, I've been at Farm Bureau for 15 years. I can't remember a time where someone did not harvest their cane because of drought. No, I, this is the first time I've ever uh, saw that happen. Putting it into perspective for people who aren't directly involved in the sugarcane industry, this is a $2 billion a year industry when you stretch it out over the economic impact that it has, um, maybe more, maybe I'm, I'm misquoting, but I no, mean, last time I talked no. to Sam Irwin, you know, you're looking at about a billion dollars on the, the front end farm gate side, but then you have the value add and every, all the other industry that goes on around it. And you're looking at about right, a $2 billion right. economic impact for Louisiana. That to me, that's that's why everybody should care about what's going on with our sugarcane farmers. I mean, and this is coming from a New Iberia boy, so yeah. I I grew up around it. But people up around Monroe may not know just how important that that crop is. Well, you're right, Avery, and and for the small communities where sugarcane is a you know is a is a main crop, this is going to affect all our farmers, and it's going to affect the economy of these small towns in South Louisiana. It's 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 really something we should all be concerned about. Uh, I know that uh, our our commodity commodity and public policy folks, Brian Bro included, have been working hard on making sure or getting in touch with our our sugarcane farmers. What are you hoping Farm Bureau can do in in light of all the of this this hardship? Well, we're going to keep our congressional delegation informed on what the crop is doing and what kind of loss we're having. We've also been working close with the crop insurance agencies. Uh, a lot of the sugar cane is insured, and uh, that is going to help somewhat for some producers. Yeah, and but 
every sugarcane farmer I know uh, from all walks of the state, they they don't want an insurance payment. They want a good crop. Right. No, no farmer wants to have to collect crop insurance. Sometimes because of the weather, you have no choice, but it certainly never makes a farmer whole. Yeah, you're you're playing from behind the next year if you're if you're living off of that uh, that crop insurance. That's right. So tomorrow you're going to Washington D.C. Tell me a little bit about this trip. Well, I'm going to Washington for the American Farm Bureau board meeting. Uh, I may be able to have some contact with our congressional delegation. I'll just have to see when I get up there. Well, I know that. Uh, Louisiana 5th District Congresswoman Julia Letlow filed a bill last week, the Drought Assistance Improvement Act. That's H.R. 5691, if memory serves me correctly, um, which would add crawfish to ELAP and kind of bring the the Livestock uh, Disaster Forage Program more into common sense, where instead of having to wait eight weeks in drought before getting a one-month payment, four weeks in drought and you would get a one-month payment. And I understand Farm Bureau had a lot to do with the drafting of that bill. That's right, Avery. We, we work closely with Congresswoman Letlow on this bill. Uh, as you said, it's going to improve the uh, forage program for our livestock producers instead of Instead of having two months of a drought, one month will qualify you. Also, crawfish will be included. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it's been some speculation that this dry weather is really going to have a, a, a bad effect on the crawfish uh, production this year. Well, I mean, the ground, you, you raise crawfish. I mean, yes, what, what are you seeing in, in where your crawfish ponds would be? Well... On our farm, all all our crawfish are, will be harvested on rice fields. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we've kept them wet all year with the rice. So we may not be affected. Uh, but quite a few of the crawfish in South Louisiana, they, they use surface water, which they're dealing with salt intrusion. Some permanent ponds uh, mm-hmm. got really dry. And the cost of pumping water is has been really high this year with this dry weather. And I'm also thinking about even on your farm, yeah, you've got the wet areas in your rice field where you've kept it nice and, and flooded. Yeah, for the rice. Right. But what about the crawfish that have burrowed in the levees that may be in the upper part of the levees? I mean, if, if it gets too dry where they are... That's, that's it for them. It's possible it could affect our production, but... Uh, you know, we had our ponds flooded all summer, so I'm not expecting a, a big reduction from the dry weather on our farm. Well, but that, it's different all across the state. Yeah, and, and every farmer does things a little bit different. Each has their own little idea of, okay, this is how I, I've been doing it. This is how daddy showed me how to do it. So right. the, it, the, those differences can cause a different impact, especially based on where you are. That's right. And I think the important thing, nail home here with this is, no matter what you do on your farm, no matter how this drought has impacted you, Louisiana Farm Bureau is there to be your voice. I mean, that's one of the reasons why you're going to Washington, D.C. tomorrow. That's right. And Avery, I'd also like to mention that this drought has really affected our soybean production. Uh, We've probably got 200,000 acres of soybeans that will not even be harvested this year. 
Wow. Because they're so bad. And also, it's it's going to affect some of our cotton production. The cotton in northeast Louisiana that could not be irrigated, it's going to have a pretty big effect on the cotton yield. I'm going to go back to soybeans for just a moment. Uh, a couple of folks posted pictures on social media showing an irrigated field next to a non-irrigated field, and it was night and day. One was brown, dying, almost nothing. The other was green and lush uh, with full pots. I mean, that really, it can make or break a farmer if they're if between irrigation and non-irrigated. It can. And we've got irrigation on our farm for soybeans for probably about half of our production. And it did make a big difference. But, but even with irrigation, that temperature over a hundred degrees for four weeks in a row, it 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 affected the yield on those soybeans. Even if you were irrigating, what were you seeing uh, on your yield monitor? Well, you know, we we probably made about sixty percent of a regular crop. Our soybeans that we had irrigated did fairly well, but our our soybean acreage that was un not not irrigated made about. Forty percent of a normal crop. Wow! I, I, I went and visit with uh, Ryan Yerby up in yeah. Grant Parish not terribly long ago, and Ryan was telling me that in one field, well, actually, he sent me a a video on Snapchat of him harvesting his soybeans and turning to his yield monitor, and it showed zero. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's like having your full investment gone in the stock market. That's you're you're right Avery and and some of these soybeans, you know, you look at them, they look good, you walk out into the field and the pods there's just no beans in them. There's yeah. just nothing in them. Ryan was telling me the one, the one field where he did get six bushels to the acre, uh, yeah. a field that last year yielded 70 bushels yeah. to the acre. This yielded six bushels to the acre that the beans are flat yeah. and small and that it would take him it took him two days to fill two trailer loads, to yeah. uh, whereas usually he'd go through four trailer loads in a single day of harvest. Right, I, and I've I've heard similar stories from quite a few farmers across the state. Well, I'm going to make the argument, Jim, that this is one of the reasons why you became president of Louisiana Farm Bureau is to to be able to be that voice for these folks and why they need to be members. Well, it is. You know, I've I've always believed in giving back to it, this industry that I love. And, uh, you know, uh, that is one of the reasons I, I became president. And uh, Louisiana Farm Bureau is very important to our farmers to, to get the issues and have their voices heard in Washington. And that membership, it pays for a lot more than just access to the insurance product. It it pays for a voice and a staff working for you. Well, I mean yeah. that that's and and, and that, not to toot the horn of the Farm Bureau staff, but between the the Commodity Part Department, the Field Services Department, and Kyle McCann uh, there as the assistant to the president, there are there are some pretty pretty smart people who are putting things together for our farmers and ranchers. Well, and th this is what I like to tell people when they ask me about the Farm Bureau. For your forty to fifty dollar a year membership, you get a full time staff working for you, looking out for you, and uh, working on the issues that matter to you and your family. That seems like a pretty good deal to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim, 
I appreciate the fact that you took the time out to, to come and meet with us here on the Louisiana Farm Bureau podcast, and uh, we appreciate your leadership so much. Thank you, Avery. Thank you, Avery and Mr. Jim Harper, for y'all's time doing this interview. It's really nice to hear from our members, from our leadership about what's happening back on their farms. And we hope to have more episodes like this featuring other farmers from around the state in upcoming episodes. If you'd like to learn more about the bill that was discussed or sugarcane conditions, we'll have some of that stuff linked for you in the show notes of this episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Louisiana Farm Bureau podcast.